Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello. Is this my friend Dan Issel? It is. Dan, this is a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. All right, before we talk about the illustrious Hall of Fame career that everyone knows about, we got to talk about something that you and I messaged about. I went to NBA2Lou.com, and you're such an advocate to bring the NBA back to where it needs to be in the Commonwealth. Now, I have a bunch of questions about this. So tell me, Dan, why does this need to happen? Well, it, it needs to happen on, on several different levels. Uh, I think everybody knows that basketball is in the DNA of Kentuckians, whether you're a Kentucky fan, a Louisville fan, a Western Kentucky fan, whatever, uh, basketball is the number one sport by far in Kentucky. Uh, The second reason is uh, Louisville and the Commonwealth are a very well-kept secret. Uh, we're, We're about to explode on the national level uh, with our uh, bourbon trail and uh, a lot of conventions are coming to Louisville now with new hotels and a renovated convention center and a professional sports team would just uh, be uh, send Kentucky over the top. And uh, uh, so uh, I, I remember when we won the ABA championship here, what a great feeling that was across the entire Commonwealth. And uh, I'd love to see that duplicated with an NBA team here. Now, Dan, I'm a born and raised New Yorker. And the one thing that we, the biggest hurdle we have here when we talk about bringing Yankee Stadium to Manhattan or even the Barclays Center in Brooklyn was traffic. I've been to Lexington. I've been to Louisville. I love that drive from Cincinnati with no traffic. Is the traffic going to be an issue down there? Uh, no, not, not, not at all. We, uh, we, we have a great... Uh, infrastructure and uh, of course there's not nearly as many people <laughs> there as as there is in manhattan so i don't i don't believe that would be a problem every december i wear my shirt you know i bleed kentucky blue i, I wear the shirt build a wall around louisville it's a complete joke obviously i think lexington and louisville will be into this it will de- definitely unify the state but are all of the like towns and cities in kentucky into this or is there any opposition uh no i i think um uh, most of the leaders uh, realize how important this would be uh, to the future and the growth of the Commonwealth. Uh, as I said earlier, everybody loves basketball here, but even the people who really don't care about having an NBA team in Kentucky uh, realize how important this would be to the economy. And right now we're losing a lot of our bright young people uh, that have to go to Indianapolis or Cincinnati or Nashville uh, to find a good paying job. We, uh, we, we are on the verge of being able to keep uh, those assets here uh, w- where the people really want to live. And now business-wise, because I've never seen a state travel the way Kentucky does. Obviously, when they play here in the Garden or Vegas or the Bahamas or Jamaica, it doesn't matter where Kentucky plays. Louisville, Kentucky, it is packed to the brims. It seems like a ground ball question. The NBA is a business. 
this would be a fan base that would sell out every game. Doesn't it seem cut and dry? Well, <laughs> I I hope the NBA will, uh, <laughs> will look at it that way. Uh, certainly, uh, there's nothing we can do to make the NBA go any faster. A- and we realize if and when the NBA does ex- uh, decide to expand, there's going to be a lot of competition uh, for those teams. There's a lot of cities out there that would love to have the NBA as popular as it is today. Um, but I think we can make a pretty c- compelling argument uh, that uh, the NBA would be very successful in Kentucky. When the talk of expansion comes up, there's like three or four cities always on the top. Mexico City, which is kind of just a, I think that's just a, a pipe dream. Then everyone says San Diego, uh, California, Austin, Texas. And my knocks on those is they already have three or four teams in Texas and California. And then the two that people always talk about is Kentucky and Seattle. What's the buzz you hear down there? Are people excited about it? Do people think it can happen? Oh I, yeah, I, people are people are really excited about it. Our our effort here continues to grow uh, every day. We have some some very bright people that have come on board as volunteers, I might add, and we're trying to grow the grassroots support. Uh, you mentioned uh, NBA to Lou, our website. Uh, there's an opportunity on there to become an ambassador uh, and um, and and enjoy. Uh, the, the part of getting ready uh, to host an NBA team. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think, again, uh, it would be great to have an NBA team here in Kentucky, and, and there are a lot of reasons why that should happen. Is there a time frame where this might happen or the NBA is going to make a decision or what? No, when, you, when, when I talk to the commissioner, um, you know, his the official stance of the NBA is that uh, expansion is not on the table. Uh, but, uh, you know, given the popularity of the game, uh, we think that, uh, there's going to come a point where, uh, where they're going, expansion is going to have to happen because of the value of the franchises. And, and one little known fact is that, uh, expansion fees are not part of basketball related income. So expansion fees uh, are not split with the players. Uh, that goes um, 100% to the league and to the owners. And so, um, you know, given given the popularity, uh, the price of the franchises, um, w- we think that expansion will happen at some point. And the arena, the Yum Center, is that where they, you uh, you want to put the team? Yeah, that uh, the Yum Center is absolutely gorgeous. I don't know if you've been there, but I have, it, would, yes. it, it would automatically be one of the top uh, seven or eight arenas in in the NBA. Uh, they did a great job uh, when when they built the Yum Center. There's a practice facility there, all the amenities that an NBA arena would need. This might sound like a silly question, knowing the passion of Kentucky and Louisville and all the other teams in Kentucky. Any chance an NBA team takes away from the passion of college sports down there? You know, that uh, that has always been one of the concerns. In fact, uh, there was a time when, when Charlotte left uh, North Carolina and went to, um, to New Orleans. Uh, there was a very good chance that that team was coming to Louisville at that point. And uh, people uh, uh, in the mayor's office... Uh, with support from U of L, shot that down. But uh, you know, a, a, again, we have reams of data that show that uh, that the Commonwealth can support 
an NBA team and not financially touch U of L or UK or any of the other programs around. So, um, you know, hopefully when that time comes, uh, when, 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 uh, when the Memphis Grizzlies went to Memphis, coach Calipari was a coach at the university of Memphis and he encouraged, uh, the NBA to come there. Every one of these young men today think that they're, uh, on a, straight course to the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a professional team here in Kentucky would really help the universities as far as recruiting and, and things of that nature. Now, Dan, what would be more ideal or the possibility? Would it be starting an expansion team fresh or or having a team that might want to relocate to Kentucky, like when the Sonics left Seattle for Oklahoma City? What would you prefer more? Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, we, we, we'll take an NBA team any way we can get it. Uh, uh, the, the, the problem with relocation is number one, that kinds of kind of signals a weakness, uh, in the NBA and with the success of the league right now, there is certainly no weakness. And, um, you know, all of these, all of these franchises are doing very well because of the TV contract. So um, I, I don't think moving a franchise would be a possibility today. Thinking completely down the road, has it brought up the name yet? Are we bringing back the Colonels? Well, I, I don't know. You know, that would be up to the, uh, to the individual or the group that, uh, that own the team. Uh, of course, uh, given my history and the fact that uh, the Kentucky Colonels won the only uh, professional championship in the state. I'd love to see that, but uh, uh, we, we've got a lot of other, <laughs> a lot of other bridges we have to cross before we worry about that. Dan, I'm going to tell you the two reasons this needs to happen. And the more I spoke to you, the more I went to NBA2Lou.com, the more I became like an advocate. First of all, I love Kentucky so much; it's my second home. I'm telling you, my first wife left me because of my love of Kentucky basketball, and I just think it would create so much revenue and jobs down there. But number two, besides the sports fanatics down there, I need a divorce from my team. I'm a Knicks fan. I can't just go to another team right now because then I feel like, <laughs> Dan, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. If I left now and I'm like, oh, I'm a Bucks fan or a Heat fan, that's disingenuous and that makes I'm a fraud. But if a new team comes to town, I can finally cut the cord, Dan. That's the only thing I need. So we have to make this happen. <laughs> Well, we 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 need to do that anyway for all for all the Nick fans out there. You're long, long suffering and Nick fans go together. You know, Dan. You know what happened to me with my luck with the Knicks? The Knicks will probably go away, and can, the Kentucky Colonels will become the, the Knicks. They're going to go down there. That's going to be my nightmare. That you guys get a team, and it's going to be the Knicks. <laughs> hey Dan, you, you just made a joke about long-suffering Nick fans. Is there any hope for my Knicks in the near future? Any time? Uh, well, sure. There's there there's always hope. Um, you, you know, they they're uh, it, it's uh, it, it's very difficult for a mediocre team uh, to become good because you're drafting in the middle of of mm-hmm. the draft and uh, you probably don't have a lot of flexibility. Uh, with free agency, but when you look at the Knicks, I mean, they're going to be drafting at the at the top of the <laughs> list for a few years. They just have to make good decisions and hope that uh, hope they get some good ball players out of that. Hey, can we talk a few minutes about your Hall of Fame career? Because there's a few questions I want to ask you. Sure. Right now, on TV, on YouTube, on Twitter, there's 24 
24-7 coverage of every college game. So you know Duke, Kentucky, Kansas. How does a guy from Illinois, you know, how don't you go to Chicago? How did Coach Rupp recruit you? What, what was his selling point? Because now it's easy. You know, Dan, you can go on TV like, oh, I got to go to Duke or Kentucky. They're on TV 24-7. Coach Cal's on Twitter. How did Coach Rupp recruit you? Well, um, it, it, it's an interesting story. There, there were actually a couple of centers uh, that came out my year. Uh, one was uh, from uh, from downtown Chicago. One was from Iowa. Uh, that yeah, Kentucky wanted uh, more than they wanted me, and um, and uh, I, I was trying to make a decision. I wanted to go to the University of Wisconsin. Uh, and uh, that was the school that I really liked when I was being recruited. My folks wanted me to go to Northwestern, you know, because it's a great school, and it was uh, only about 45 minutes from where I grew up. Uh, and so I actually signed up. In those days, they had conference letters uh, in addition to the national letter, and I actually signed a conference letter to go to the University of Wisconsin. But uh, those those two players that Kentucky was interested signed elsewhere. Uh, one signed at uh, Dayton, one signed at uh, Creighton, and uh, I still hadn't signed my national letter. And so when that happened, uh, Coach Hall, who was doing all of the recruiting back then, Coach Rupp was at a a point in uh, in his life where he he didn't really go out on the road and recruit. I think the only the only player. Uh, that he personally recruited my senior year in high school was Rick Mount, who uh, uh, was from wound up going to Purdue. And Rick was the first high school player ever on the cover of Sports Illustrated. But uh, Coach Hall came to Batavia and stayed a few days. Uh, my dad and I took a second recruiting trip to Kentucky and kind of wound up going to Kentucky as a compromise. And it's, uh, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to <laughs> You probably get this question a ton, but what made you choose? You were drafted by the Pistons in the NBA and the Kentucky Colonels in the ABA. I know you went first round in the ABA. Is that why you went to the Colonels, or was it close to home? What was the reasoning? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was really uh, that the Kentucky that the Colonels were in Kentucky. I uh, I had married a, a Kentucky girl from Lexington, uh, and. Um, uh, Louis Dampier, <clears throat> excuse me, Louis Dampier, who was a good friend of mine at UK, was playing for the Colonels, and the fact that that I could stay in Kentucky and uh, uh, and continue my professional career was a uh, was a, a real plus for me. And as a matter of fact, I signed uh, with the Colonels before the NBA ever had their draft, and uh, that's the reason I wasn't drafted till the. Uh, till the eighth round by the Pistons because I'd already signed my professional contract with the Colonels. I know, obviously, everyone knows who Dan Issel is. You dominate the ABA. You win Rookie of the Year, All-Star. You're a first team, scoring titles. You win a title in 74 or 75. Why'd they trade you? Uh, (laughs) It it, it blows my mind with your numbers, your credentials. How did they trade you? You you have to understand that... uh, uh, the the professional basketball certainly wasn't uh, as popular as it as it is today, and uh, in fact, in a lot of markets in in the seventies, in a lot of markets, the NBA finals, if you can believe this, were on tape delay after the ten o'clock news, <laughs> and so and so we had won an ABA championship in Louisville. 
but uh, the owner, John Y. Brown, had lost money. And so um, I, I wasn't traded so much as I was sold. John was looking to recoup some of his losses. And uh, he, he decided, according to him, uh, he decided to sell either me or Artis Gilmore. And at that time, he thought Artis would have a much longer career than I would. And so uh, I was actually sold. I've heard the number 350,000. I've heard <laughs> 500,000. Uh, but I was actually sold so that uh, so that John could uh, recoup some of his losses. Unbelievable. Now, is the best book about the ABA Loose Balls? Is that the definitive book on the ABA? No, <laughs> no question. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, you read, if you read Loose Balls, you, you say, oh, they made this stuff up. This, this stuff couldn't have happened. Believe me, it all happened. It was, it was the wild and woolly west in the ABA. Then how does it go from the wild, wild west in the ABA, and then when you merged, after the close, you merged with the Nuggets, how was that transition? Was it, was it weird? Was it a different? Was it more business atmosphere? How was it playing for the Nuggets? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was still ABA. the The first year I was in Denver, uh, we were the ABA was still in existence. It was the last year, and uh, um, you know, Larry Brown and Doug Moe were the coaches, and we had David Thompson and Bobby Jones, and uh, yeah, had a wide open style up and down the court. So uh, it it was a pretty easy adjustment. Then after the after the first year I was in Denver. Uh, then the merger happened. We went into the NBA, and uh, and we actually won the Midwest Division the first two years we were in the NBA. So uh, it was a pretty pretty easy uh, move going from uh, from the ABA to the NBA for the Nuggets. Any reason in particular why you wore number forty four? Uh, you know, it just it started in in high school, and uh, and uh, just I I. Uh, I I, uh, I just continued it. Uh, there were when I got to Kentucky, I found out that there were a number of really good players that wore 44, uh, and um, I, and I wore it through my Kentucky career, through through my uh, through my pro career, except for the first year I was in Denver when I uh, when I was sold to Denver. Uh, Ralph Sampson already was wearing 44, and so. Um, they gave me number 25 and I don't, you know, numbers were never that important to me. So I wore 25 for the first year I was in Denver and then Ralph was traded. And the second year in Denver, I got 44, but it, it was just a number that I had in high school. One of my, one of my best friends played for another uh, high school team in Illinois and he was 44. And so, uh, you know, why, why why change something that's not broke so i just wore it my entire career are you the best 44 that's ever wore a jersey no <laughs> as a yankee fan I, i'm gonna say reggie jackson is out 44 <laughs> i i i i don't know who uh i i, I was i might not be the best player that ever wore 44 at uh, at kentucky cotton nash uh, who was an All-American and a great player there? He was 44, so I, I, I don't. I, I might not have been the best 44 at UK. Did you enjoy coaching? You went on and then coached the Nuggets. Did you enjoy coaching, or was it difficult for a player? You know, they say guys like Jordan, who are so talented, have a problem like not relating, but like showing the drive. Did you like coaching, or was it a more of a hassle for you? 
You know what? I I uh, I had the opportunity to coach the Nuggets on two separate occasions, mm-hmm. once in the early 90s and once in the late 90s. And, and it was two distinct um, experiences. The first time I coached, we had a great young team. Uh, well, it wasn't a great team, but we had great young players. We had uh, we had had the worst record in the NBA the two preceding years. We won 20 and 24 games uh, when I took over that team. But we had we had some outstanding individuals. We had. Uh, Dikembe Mutombo, who, of course, is now a Hall of Famer. Uh, Lafonso Ellis. I'm so proud of Lafonso and, and the role that he's playing at ESPN now. He is a superstar if you get a chance to watch him on the studio shows. And uh, and uh, we had Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, mm-hmm. Chris Jackson. And uh, that that group of guys were just so tired of losing. And they, and they practiced hard and they played hard. And we won uh, 36 games the first year. And the second year, of course, we became the num- the first number eight seed to ever beat a number one seed when we upset Seattle in the playoffs. And so that was a marvelous, uh, marvelous experience. The second time I coached, um, we had an older team. Uh, we had uh, uh, several injuries to some of our top players, uh, like Antonio McDice. And uh, and that team went nowhere, and uh, I did I didn't enjoy that at all. So the first time was great, the second time not so much. I love that you casually threw in twenty win seasons, Dan. As a Nick fan, I would give my firstborn for a twenty win season. <laughs> but <laughs> you, 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 well, met... <laughs> you, you, you would you would want a team if you were taking over as coach. You would want a team that had a little more talent than that. I'm sure. I, I didn't know you were the coach. Is that the famous when Matumbo's on the ground uh, holding the ball? Yep. Oh, that is um, that's one of the most iconic pitchers in basketball. It really is. Yep. Yeah. Now that uh, and and the thing that a lot of people forget is that by winning that series, we went on to play Utah in the next round. Of course, with uh, Stockton, Malone, Hornacek, great team. We lost the first three games in that series. And then won three in a row uh, and, and took that team to a seventh game. And, of course, no team has ever won a series in the NBA after being down 0-3. Um, and we, uh, we lost the seventh game in Utah. But uh, we, we had a really nice run in the playoffs that year. All right, we're going to hit it with a few quick questions. You ready, Dan? Mm-hmm. Best basketball movie of all time. Oh, what was the, what was the one that uh, Julius was in the the fish that ate Pittsburgh or something? Like? Yeah, okay. <laughs> your nick your nickname the horse. Your eleventh all time on the NBA ABA scoring list. Who's number ten? I have no idea. I only know I only know Kareem's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know who number two is. I know. Uh, 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 Julius is up there. I don't know who's number ten. Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, really? Yeah. How about this one? He'd be, yeah. he'd, he'd be number one if he could make a free throw. <laughs> Let me ask you this: with, with this now, a lot of younger players. I access to everyone on my show. A lot of younger players are going to pick the first answer right now with the NBA 2K video games and stuff. 
What's cooler, being in a video game or in a basketball card? Uh, video game. Really? Uh, Everyone says that, but I, I think like a, I don't know, maybe collecting cards since I was little. Like being on a card just seems so cool. Well, but but here here's the reason I say that. My grandkids are blown away by the fact that I'm on a video basketball game. <laughs> and and I don't know if they've ever seen a basketball card. So the, the, the younger generation would definitely say video game. You mentioned grandkids. Have you grandkids ever asked to meet a player? Uh, yes. Um, when, uh, when, when we were uh, uh, at the All-Star game uh, with my oldest grandson a few years ago, when Blake Griffin uh, won the slam dunk contest by dunking over a car, mm-hmm, you remember? Mm-hmm. That? Of course, you remember that he 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 immediately became a Blake Griffin fan. We went we went to the to the NBA store, bought a Blake Griffin jersey, and that was the that was the player he wanted to meet. Uh, and um, and so that that was the first time one of them asked to meet an NBA player. Has Dan Issel ever asked another player for an autograph for himself? No. You are very No, good. I've I've asked for other people. Mm-hmm. I've asked people for autographs for charity functions and things like that, but no, I'm not an autograph collector. Okay, Kentucky gets a team. You're named the GM. With the first pick overall, you can pick any player in the NBA today. Who does Dan Issel pick to lead the new Kentucky NBA team? Kawhi Leonard. Really? Kawhi Leonard. And I love Kawhi for a couple of reasons. I love that he plays at both ends of the floor. Mm -hmm. But what I really like the most about Kawhi is when you watch him play, he's an extraordinary player. And you don't have to watch him flex. You don't have to watch him kiss his uh, his uh, arms after he dunks on somebody. He just quietly goes to the other end. He doesn't draw any attention to himself, and I think he's the best player in the game today. Wow, that's some endorsement. You're right, though. He's an old school player, isn't he? Yep, no que- no question about it. You know, and I, and I know I sound like the old uh, get off my lawn guy when I talk about <laughs> that. But I, I prefer players who let their playing do the talking, that they don't have to draw attention to themselves. You and I are at a bar. We're hanging out. And you take out your phone. Who's the coolest person in your phone that if you called or texted them, they would pick up or text you right back? You want to impress, well, you want to impress everyone at the bar? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, Julius would probably be the answer that I would give, but I am a huge horse racing fan and one of the best jockeys in the world for a number of years is a jockey by the name of Mike Smith. Okay. And Mike, Mike and I have been friends for, uh, 40 years. Uh, and, uh, and to me, Mike's, Mike's would be the coolest name. Uh, but uh, Julius, Julius or artists, I guess would be uh, would be the answer to your question. I've been down to Kentucky a ton of times, Dan. It's only to watch basketball. Which is a better day, the Kentucky Derby or a nice crisp day at Keeneland? Uh, the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> if if it's not, I, I, I tell people this: there, there's a hundred and fifty thousand people there, uh, but there are only about. Uh, 
15,000 good seats. So if you, if you're fortunate enough to have one of those 15,000 good seats, uh, there's nothing like the Kentucky Derby. My, my very first Kentucky Derby, I was a junior at UK and I spent it with my wife in the infield. Uh, we weren't married at the time. She was my, my fiance then. And I told her, I am not coming back to the Kentucky Derby till I can sit in one of those good seats over there. So, uh, <laughs> I've been, I've been fortunate, but there's, uh, I, I would pick I would pick the Kentucky Derby over any sporting event in the world. Coolest piece of memorabilia that you own, whether it be from yourself or someone else, the coolest piece you own. Uh, well, I, I that would have to be uh, two two things. I only own a, a couple of pieces. I don't think I have anything from anybody else. But uh, I, I'd have to say my Hall of Fame ring and my ABA championship ring. You know what? Those are such power. And you know what, Dan? You just flex because those are two awesome answers. <laughs> <laughs> One last random question. One player you thought was going to be special, like a special talent, but for one reason or another, it just didn't work out. He didn't live up to expectations. Um, oh, you know what? There's so many, there's so many players, uh, that in in my era, uh, you know, cocaine became a, a very big problem, and I saw so many talented players uh, that you know f- fell off the wagon and and had their careers either interrupted or or brought to a stop. Um, and there's so there's so many of them, but. Uh, uh, you know, if uh, if David Thompson mm. had had his problems, and of course David was a great player, won the NCAA championship, is in the Hall of Fame. But if David hadn't had his problems, uh, we'd be talking about David Thompson in the same breath as Michael Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson, any of the greats today. Now, Dan, I'm not a memorabilia guy, so the only thing I have in my house. I have a ball from Coach Cal, personalized to me, that uh, Cameron Mills got for me. And I have two seats from the old Yankee Stadium that are sitting in my living room right now, which my wife hates. But every guest who comes on my show, I get something from them. So if I send you a Kentucky Colonel's jersey, will you sign it for me? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. What would you prefer signing? An old Nuggets one with the rainbow on it or a Kentucky Colonel's jersey? You tell me and I'll get that one. Kentucky Colonel's. I got to tell you this. Sell, I'll keep you on one more minute, Dan, because by the way, you were born October 25th. I just checked. I'm October 26th, so we're pretty much best friends now. So, can you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I have to let you know the self control I exhibited. And this is the truth. When I mean Kentucky basketball is my life, I planned my work schedule, my uh, school schedule, my entire life has been around Kentucky basketball. I've, I hate to admit this, but I missed my uncle's funeral for the Final Four. When Kentucky played Louisville. And Dan, this is a true story. I'll tell you this, Dan. My uncle passes away. Tragic. Kentucky's playing Louisville. I cannot breathe. I'm for two days I'm up and they win. Kentucky wins, obviously. That's the Anthony Davis game. And I'm uh I'm tweeting, This is the greatest day of my life. I've never been happier. And my mom, <laughs> she's like, Hey, are you tweeting something? Because people here at the wake are uh talking about your uh the best day of your life. I go, Mom, we're going, we're going to the championship game. This is the great that side of the family still doesn't talk to me, Dan. That's how much I love Kentucky basketball. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned Cameron Mills. You know I played with his father. 
well, Cameron's one of my closest friends. And how was Terry Mills? Was he a good ball player? Yeah, Terry was Terry was a very good ball player. In fact, uh, he started most most of our senior year. Uh, and uh, don't tell Cameron this, but his dad was a lot better than Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to text him. I, I got to tell you, when, when you emailed me back, um, so I'm in a group text, obviously, with Dick Gabriel, who I look up to. He's like one of my radio, the way he's so professional and so good, and Cameron Mills and Goose Givens and all these guys who came on, and I'm flipping out. I'm like, Dan Issel. He's coming on my show, and they're like, Mike, we could have got him for you. But I'm like, I hate asking for favors. So I have to let you know, me not just randomly calling you last night to chit-chat exhibited self-control. That's what a big fan I am of you, Dan. Well, that's great. I, I appreciate that. Listen, this was a blast. You can follow you on Twitter, but everyone for real needs to go to NBA2Lou.com because the NBA needs to come back to the Commonwealth. Right, Dan? Absolutely. I appreciate the time. Thank you. This was a blast, Dan. I'll get your email. I'll get your address, and I'll send you down Jersey. Okay. Thanks a lot. Hall of Famer Dan Issel. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye. Hall of Famer Dan Issel. I was geeking out that entire interview. That was awesome. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.